1: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and, Herb. Tanny and Herb.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Eknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube. Go and subscribe. Maybe hit the notifications bell. So you can know when we drop a video there, three one two five six six eight seven two seven. the way you can leave a voice message or locked on socks at gmail.com. I expect a lot of voicemails tonight because that game was very unsatisfying. I don't even need to know how you're doing today, Chris, because, oh, God.
1: Hey, I'm not waiting up for I'm not waiting up for voicemails. If they're going to get him in, they better get him in right now. Because I'm not going to sit here and wait. Uh, because it's bedtime almost. Um, the- I mean, we
0: were like, <laughs> it was like 9:55. We're like, all right, Liam's in the game. Game's over.
1: Yeah, I don't know if this is on me. I, I sent the Zoom link in, in the ninth inning, which I do every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's a, we didn't break protocol there with that. But uh, the MLB trade deadline is approaching, and the Lockdown MLB YouTube channel will be streaming the hot stove live. Two hours of MLB trade analysis from our Lockdown lineup of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB on YouTube and tune in July 30th, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern, you ready for that, Herb? You ready for when the Sox make the big deals and the lockdown network comes a calling for you? As I'm gonna be, uh, I'll throw my phone in Lake Geneva and uh, not have to deal with any of that. Are you ready for that? You ready to be the face of the franchise this weekend? I am gonna
0: tell them hell no, unless <laughs> you're paying me extra, you jerks. Um, especially when the White Sox don't make a goddamn move. Well, oh my god, it's like a what well, like you're gonna be listening to this on Thursday, so we have a day left yeah and you haven't
1: heard really anything no well, smoke there's some things like socks. yeah we'll, we'll, get, well there's some like I wouldn't call it smoke I mean it's like I don't know like the the sticks are being rubbed together to try to generate smoke to try to generate fire so uh, we uh we'll, we'll talk about it later in the show but quickly here you know I, this damn game last night here uh I, I've always said I hate the extra inning rule uh, when it doesn't uh, affect my team in a positive way, and the Sox lost three to two, uh, they are now eight and a half up on Cleveland, and uh, a, a typical frustrating Kansas City Royals loss on the road. And you know, let, let, let's, start, uh, let's start with Lucas Giolito. Let's start with a positive, huh? That's where we typically begin with the man on the mound. Uh, Lucas Giolito was was great last night. Um, He went six innings, four hits, just one run, one earned run, uh, gives up just one walk, seven strikeouts. That ERA slowly dipping down. It's down to three sixty seven now, and I I mentioned on Twitter that it was about a month ago uh, tomorrow that Josh Donaldson dragged Lucas Giolito publicly over the sticky stuff, and we said at the time, and I said on the score airwaves, like, look, you know, it's pretty clear, like, you know, if, if Lucas was messing around with that stuff. I believe that he could still rebound and be an impactful player this season. And so far, he's only given up um, five earned runs in his last four starts. He did have that blip up in Detroit after that uh, Minnesota outing where he did hold the twins down to just three runs, but he's been pretty damn good over the past month or so. And he had a no hitter through five and then the defense let him down a bit uh, in the sixth inning there, but uh, just a, a really good outing for Lucas and very encouraging as, as these positive starts keep, snowballing here and I feel more and more confident with each and every start that he is going to be a solid a formidable foe for any team that goes up against Lucas in the postseason
0: me too and I even say that the air or the unearned run or the earned run should be an air on Larry Garcia
1: tough play they both touch the were, glove yeah y-
0: yeah you're <laughs> camped underneath that ball and you should catch that ball and yeah, then there's another air by Andrew Vaughn with the overthrow. So he pitched pretty much a clean. The fifth inning with a no hitter, the guy's a bulldog, and sometimes it's just like, OK, I don't have that spin rate that I used to have, but I'm still a good pitcher. I understand how to get people out, and that's what he was doing tonight. He was just dominating the Kansas City Royals lineup. Seven strikeouts, only one walk. Um just a great performance and lowering his ERA to three six seven on the season. It's good to see that guy back. You could see early in the game where he struck out two guys with his fastball. And then I think the inning after that, he struck out two guys in that inning with his slider. He struck out a couple guys with his changeup. Just dealing today had them all working. And that's a very rare occasion where you have all your pitches working. And he was working them in and out up and down the strike zone.
1: Yeah, and that, that development of the slider, the perfection of it has really been key for Lucas uh, rebounding here the last month or so, so hopefully he can keep that going in the next start. Uh, it's incredibly hard to win a baseball game when you only score two runs, but uh, finishing off of behind Lucas, is a guy who we need to get going here. Aaron Bummer comes on and and holds the line right there. He pitches a clean inning with two strikeouts there. Uh, just it looked like the Aaron Bummer of old. He was trending in this direction with a couple of tough luck outings and soft contact. Uh, but now that was uh, that was vintage Aaron Bummer out there last night, and that's good to see and huge. Like sometimes it, if if you lose this game, and we talk about this often, you can take good things that come out of bad losses, and that was certainly a bad loss last night, but if you can take Aaron Bummer, and then the guy that came in after him, which we'll get to in a second, but if you can take Aaron Bummer's outing and, and use that as a positive building block going forward, that's a huge win for the Sox.
0: Yeah, and it was good to see him back. 2019 Aaron Bummer looked filthy. Players could not see him on the Kansas City Royals, and if that guy's going to be showing up for the playoffs, man, we are got a problem solved right there. A guy who can be in that mix of seven, eight, nine, instead of going out and getting a right-handed reliever, which we'll speak about in a second, you can just say, okay, we already got our teams on the field already. Our bullpen while struggling early are now rested up and also pitching well in this stretch. So if we get bummer, right? Kopech is already the person that we think he is and maybe a Cody Hoyer returning to form. I think going out and getting a reliever while i think it's necessary i mean i think it's uh, like a nice thing to have i don't now think it's necessary if we get aaron bummer and Kopeck to be the seven eight to get to liam Hendricks.
1: well i i you know to jump ahead here before we talk about kopek i still think getting another right-handed arm would be good because you saw what happened there uh, after you use your your best three guys there and you have to let's say you go into a you know I don't think Cleveland's going to jump back into this race. I could be wrong, but you're going to have several more of these extra inning games and and, and fluke losses that come with them. And, you know, to not have another solid right-handed arm, just in a situation like tonight would have been helpful. If you could have gone with someone with some better stuff, Then Ryan Burr, I think that would have been helpful. But Aaron Bummer, that's like a trade right there. So you've got the trade for Eloy, you got the trade for Luis Robert, and now I had a trade for for Aaron Bummer, all players who you already had. And we're going to make a (laughs) trade for Grandal too. That's right. Yeah, but he sucks, remember? Sox fans hate him. Because yeah, I mean, his I batting mean, average sucks. After seeing these catchers, <laughs> ooh, uh,
0: man, he's gonna love. <laughs> White Sox fans are gonna love. Yes, Money Grandel.
1: Absolutely. All right. So Michael Kopeck, we talked about it on yesterday's show. What mm-hmm. would he? What would he look like after uh, coming back and back-to-back outings? And looked pretty good. I mean, not no strikeouts to show for. It wasn't particularly dominant. He was a bit wild early on in his outing. Uh, he kept checking his finger, and I was praying that it was not a blister, but st- stony mentioning how just how hot and sticky it was out there. So maybe just couldn't harness control because maybe that's why he was wild early on in that game. Just couldn't get a good grip on it. But eventually he did find uh, the grip on that breaking ball, which was good. He was able to keep the hitters honest. But he gives up some contact and he gets out of it with a clean inning. And that's the first time that he's had a back-to-back uh, relief appearance in his career. So another positive building block going forward. See, we're talking about good things here before we get to the sh- absolute shite. Um, but, yeah, Cole. And it was,
0: Yeah, it was good to see Kopech go down 3-0 to Michael A. Taylor. And I think Kopech and Seve Zavala, they looked at Michael A. Taylor and realized it was him, threw the ball over the plate, and met Michael A. Taylor hit as hard and far as he can. He had a line out to uh, Larry Garcia. So that's the type of wherewithal and knowledge that he has to go into with every at-bat. Like, can this guy beat me? No. Even if I bring my best stuff, if he hits it, he's not going to hit it over the fence. And I think he came to that realization after he went down to a, a poor hitter in Michael A. Taylor, and then Nicky Lopez with a ground ball to second. And then Whit Merrifield was very pissed at his effort he gave yeah. versus uh, Michael Kopech. You know, he just uh, auditioned, I think, with his bonehead play earlier. Oh in the yeah, game We, we had it all. for the White Sox. Yeah,
1: Whit did not have a great evening. Um, jump ahead to that ninth inning there, and uh, we're going to give away the worst pitcher in baseball award here, which which we're going to do now. Um, Liam Hendricks? Worst pitcher in baseball. Um, you know, he comes on in the ninth inning and gives up the game tying blast to Salvi Perez. What new? I don't have a ton of confidence with Liam Hendricks out there in a one run lead. I, I, I don't have the data yet to back that up in terms of you know when when he has come on and been bad, what the margin for error has been. Um I, I feel like there's been a ton of times where He's come on with a, a multiple-run cushion, and he's given up a bomb, and we just say, oh, it is what it is as long as they come away with the victory. But in a, in a, in a one-run game, I get nervous sometimes because he has the propensity to give up the long ball, as he did, and Salvi Perez owns him. Uh, any concerns going forward about Liam Hendricks, or do we chalk this up to um, Liam working—let's see, He yeah, he worked— the two innings Sunday and everyone was wanting to see how he was going to follow that up. And I don't know what day of the week it is anymore. So I'm trying to think of, yeah. So then he didn't throw on Monday, but then he threw yesterday and today, now you're really confusing the people out here who are listening in the morning he, he, Tuesday threw, and Wednesday. he, he threw three out of the, the past four days let's just say that so yes. it could just be from the workload because he you know when you're when you're tired you tend to hang those fastballs uh, hang those sliders and that's what he did and uh, Salvi just hit a rocket shot off of him uh, any concerns going forward with uh, with our guy liam or moniker and rachel
0: the only thing is that this year he's given up 15 runs and eight have been home runs like yeah he hasn't given up a lot but people see him they see him right and that ball was murdered i haven't seen salvi perez hit a ball harder maybe uh stat tracks will or stat cast will prove me wrong but he absolutely knew what was coming and got in front of it and hit that ball to Eloy uh land that Eloy hit in <laughs> yesterday in the water fountain so mercy yeah that's what i worry about like you're Closer sometimes has to miss bats, and he does for the most part. He does, and but too many, way too many solo home runs or home runs given up by Liam Hendricks. That was eighth or ninth. I'm not even, uh, let's see. Yeah, that's his eighth home run
1: he has given up this year. It's uh, not good. Yeah, but he misses bats, and the thing that often doesn't come with that is he doesn't walk a lot of people. So I, that for me, that buys me that buys a lot of uh, equity uh, for Liam Hendricks and gives a lot of leeway to him when when, he, when he's out there. But you know that this is one that you would love to have. Sometimes these things happen. You know, I rather have a guy just go straight. You know, you straight up just lost. You know, with that game time home run from Salvi Perez, you know, it's a lot easier to to swallow when he doesn't walk the yard and it's not you know sloppy defense behind him. You just give up a bomb. Sometimes that happens, but when Mm -hmm. you when you only score the two runs, Herb, that's when you leave yourself up to fluke losses like an extra inning loss. And you know, the offense was not good. Last night, and they were not able to quite figure out Chris Rubich uh, until it was uh, too late. And then the uh, Kansas City bullpen comes on. Uh, Barlow did a nice job there in the in the tenth, uh, keeping that run off the board there. But this this offense last night, you know, just not good, not what you need. That this execution here, I'll take you back to. Uh, lack of execution, I should say, uh, the, the, the fourth inning here, which is really uh, where the difference in the game uh, was was made here. Uh, Adam Engel leads off with a double, and then mm-hmm. Jose Abreu gets him over to third. I don't know if he was trying to do that, but coincidentally he happened to do that, and so it's good. You, you're not mad at that, even though it's one of your top run producers and your MVP, you don't want him advancing runners, but it's, it's, it's a good outcome uh, regardless. And then Eloy strikes out. Moncada strikes out just when I talk about this team going from good to great, they've had multiple opportunities this series to execute in spots like that. And it seems like more often than not, they, they don't come through uh, when it's just pure situational hitting. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Am I off base on that? But it, I'm, I am not encouraged by some of the things that I'm seeing here in terms of you know getting runners over, in which this case they did, but just not getting them in. It's not what playoff teams do, and it's one of my concerns uh, heading into the postseason.
0: I mean, let's look at the pitchers that have been pitching versus the White Sox in the series. Mike Minor had a five-plus ERA coming into the White Sox game. Same thing with um, Brad Keller. Bubich, four-and-a-half-plus. And remember, left-handers in Minor and Bubich, who the White Sox coming into this year and some continuation into this year, had murdered. It's very disappointing. Hose does his job. Advancing the runner, yes, he wants to knock that guy in, but... If you can't advance the runner to third base and it's up to Alloy, just came back, it doesn't matter. You're a run producer. A guy's on third. Contact is, is a vital part of that. All he has to do is shorten up his swing and get bad on ball. I'm sure at that point in the game, they're conceding that run. It doesn't mean that much. There's, it's a 0-0 zero, zero score. So they could just concede it. We score a run right there. And then Aloy, I mean, then uh, Johan comes in after that and strikes out. I don't know if the guy has great stuff, but apparently the American League is seeing him well. But we let three pitchers who are bad, not good, they're bad this year, do well versus the White Sox in three starts. I'm not encouraged by that. And people can say what they want. This team should be beaten. Three out of four by the White Sox. It should be. I don't care who they're throwing out there, especially with our pitching, our pitching staff, given the efforts that they've been giving up this weekend or this week in all year. So it's very disappointing that the offense is still struggling. Well, we still got Luis Robert and Grandel coming back. Well, this should be enough. Yep, they've we got an alloy yeah. back should be enough. Even if alloy wasn't back, having sheets out there should be enough. It was a very disappointing loss.
1: Well, Eloy will not be out there today, most likely. It's an afternoon game. We'll have the recap uh, tomorrow. But Eloy was removed to the game due to precautionary reasons from a right groin tightness situation uh, that was very grobsteen and by me the way I phrased that so he had a t- tight groin and they took him out um, because they're trying to be careful with him um, so hopefully that's all it was and there's nothing to be uh, worried about there uh, in terms of injuries also Luis Robert went two for four at Charlotte uh, last night so he should be back soon I would think um, boy would that be a nice uh, lift to get him back for this Cleveland series because if he's already at Charlotte and he's, and he's got a 1000 OPS I think maybe he's a about ready uh, to be up here. Um, Yeah, man, this this offense. I I worry about them trying to coast a little bit because you hear everyone saying, oh, you know, nine game lead, 10 game lead, you know, you're on your 20 games over. You know, they, they start to hear that stuff. And you know they just they lose focus. I, I worry about that uh, with with this team because they have the biggest division lead in all of baseball. I would like to see the situational baseball tighten up a bit here, and these are perfect opportunities to do so. I mean, I, you know, it's got to improve. It's got to improve quickly. But you, like you said, you do have guys coming back. But it should they have enough? They they've had enough to beat. You know, you're, I'm channeling my inner Tom Thibodeau here. We've got more than enough uh, mm-hmm. to beat the Royals last night, but they could not. Come through. Um, That that fifth inning, though, the the approach was a bit better. uh, Just trying to go straight up the box, up the middle. Vaughn single, Leury single, and then Danny Mendick singles home a pair after that boon-headed play by uh, Whit Merrifield, where he forgot about Leury Garcia. On the run down there, so you know these 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 things happen, and so you're basically half of your runs were uh, via the gift, so that's not a good situation there. But just uh, you look up and down the box score here for the Sox, you know they only chalk up five hits against Kansas City pitching, uh, one by Angle, two by Andrew Vaughn, who stays white hot. LeUri with the hit, as I said, and Danny Mendick with the hit. Um, but just it's got to be better, got to improve, uh, got to start to see a bit more power. Uh, ball go far, team go far. Um, I'm, any okay, so. I, I don't even know if this 10th inning is worth talking about. <laughs> like the a the Zavala tag play where Steve Stone, Stone said that uh, he was he tagged him right in the butt talks. Directly in the butt talks. Um, that was odd, and I was like, that would be a perfect way for this game to end, and I thought maybe the Sox had a little life breathed into them <laughs> with uh, with the benefits of, a, of an overturn there, but uh, not able to come through, and uh, Ryan Burr is not able to keep that runner from scoring. But it's just a, a fluke loss there, and I'm content to just move on from this one with a day game tomorrow if you are. Then we can talk about some of these trade scenarios here. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, We'll take a quick time out here. We'll talk about the latest in the rumor mill. It's churning as we speak here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, with all the ever-increasing makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car is ever going to need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your car an LX or an EX? Well, I don't know. Let me go out and look. And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket look the reality is when you go to rockauto.com and find your auto parts there you're going to save time and money when you use our friends at rock auto so why choose to pay 30 50 or even 100 percent more for the same parts at a chain store or god forbid your dealership For example, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 at a chain store, but only $216 at rockauto.com. See what I'm talking about? And they're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you and I for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are always going to be reliably low for every single customer. And they've got everything too. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new Carpet, I know I'm hitting the road soon going up north. I'm going to check and make sure my car has everything it needs, and I'm going to do that by going to rockauto.com. Check them out. Won't you explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution for your auto part needs? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Carolus will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 6 o'clock Central Time. All right. Trade... Trades are brewing. The rumor mill is churning. The hot stove is simmering. Uh, there's, there's already some things going on. The the Yankees finalizing a trade for Joey Gallo, trying to salvage their season. Uh, no doubt he's going to be a monster there at Yankee Stadium. That's quite an outfield they have there with Judge Stanton and potentially Gallo. But uh, the, the White Sox had some things that affected them uh, in, over the course of some of these trades that occurred yesterday. Eduardo Escobar, a month removed from Bob Nightingale's tweet that said he'd be going to the White Sox soon, he goes to Milwaukee. So the Milwaukee Brewers, they send to Arizona outfielder Cooper Hummel, who's a A corner outfielder who appears like he's ready to play in 2021 for the big club and 18-year-old lottery ticket infielder from the Dominican Alberto Ciprian. So we know about the Sox prospects. They don't have many of those lottery tickets. So that's that's more than I thought. The uh, I don't know the financial impact of this trade. I, can, I don't know the logistics in terms of if, if which team is carrying the lion's share of the remaining salary. So that could be a factor in this. Maybe uh, the Brewers are not going to be taking on any of that, and that's why they had to part with the young prospect, the 18-year-old. But this is a lot more than, uh, than I thought. Uh, eduardo escobar would have would have gotten in return here but it goes back to the Sox farm system they don't have these these kids from the dominican and venezuela that these general managers are are looking to uh cash in on uh, lottery tickets down the road man it's uh it's unfortunate i thought eduardo escobar would have been a good fit uh but there are some other guys the Sox are tied to but uh, your thoughts when you saw the uh, escobar trade news come down last night it's 100 percent
0: a seller's market we've seen what uh The Oakland A's had to had to give up for Andrew Chafin, who's a nice reliever, but gave up some players that might be major league ready. Same thing with Nelson Cruz, those two pitchers that Minnesota received triple A doing well for the Durham Bulls before they got traded. And this guy who's coming over from the Milwaukee Brewers to the D-backs sounds like a solid player. So, yeah, if Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams want to wade into that trade pool know that it's going to hurt it's not going to be the lower level guys that you can get away with especially when it's in the last couple days you know that deadlines bring activity and then the sellers gonna be like hey we're good if you're not going to give us what we want we'll hold on to home dude over here but you're you're lost over there you got to go back to your fan base and explain to them why you're not going to be giving away Gavin sheets for the player that we need on your team. So I think that Rick and Kenny have to make some decisions, some really hard decisions and come to the white Sox and say, Hey, I know it's hard to give away player X, but we're looking for this championship. We got to give away that player to get this guy. We wanted to not give him away, but hell, this is, was a two team thing and that team wasn't budging. So this is what we're giving up. So I think, at the end of it, Rick and them won't budge because they're going to be stubborn, but I need them to feel the panic. I need them to feel <laughs> what's going on. I think Casey Bogoslaw just tweeted out how many runs the White Sox have scored in the last seven games, and it's not good. It is, let's see, 2-1-1, 3-3, 5-2. That's terrible. Yep. I mean, I know they're going against... A pretty good team, and now the Kansas City Royals, who have been hot. They won six in a row before the White Sox beat them yesterday. Still, offense needs to come up and show up. Scoring three runs in a a Major League Baseball game should get you beat, more than likely than not. So I need Rick and Kenny to feel that, that this is real. This offense is not doing anything, and you need to give yourself the best opportunity for somebody in the offense to come through when others are struggling.
1: Well, Rick Hahn should just come over to my house here on the Northwest side and spit in my face because he's deprived my dream of a Marte Parte. Let's have a Marte Parte! No Cattell Marte, no Starling Marte. There, we are at the sans Marte formation here at the Tannehill household, and I am not happy about it. Uh, Starling Marte having a pretty good year since uh, everyone said the Sox should trade for him, uh, myself and James Fox included there. But uh, there are uh, some rumors circling about the White Sox. Bob Nightingale did have a follow-up about... Uh, the the second base market here, and uh, we always rely on Bob Nightingale for uh, for, for White Sox news. Uh, the hashtag White Sox continue to have talks with the Rockies for shortstop Trevor Story. Who would slide over to second base and then our guy Brian Billick uh, not uh, former Ravens coach my guy okay how we doing uh, not him uh, our, one of our favorite socks people Brian Billick tweeted and we saw him at the tailgate on Saturday it was good to see him with the long flowing locks uh, he tweeted uh, he's a pretty well informed guy and uh, he was,
0: did you see where you sitting?
1: Was he sitting with? The, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention that. If was he sitting by White Sox Dave and Rick Hahn?
0: Yes, right next to each other. Yes,
1: <laughs> I missed I miss Brian down there, but that was one of my favorite things that from the game that I attended on Saturdays there during that Moncada overturned uh, play where he missed home plate. Just seeing the the shot of, of Rick Hahn right there in front of the play, and then White Sox Dave like two seats over him. That was one of my favorite things I saw uh, that that weekend down there in Mil- up there in Milwaukee, man. That was good stuff right there. It was so. It was so White Sox. It was so Dave, and of course, Recon was right in the middle of it. I heard uh, around the, you know, uh, between you, me, and the lamppost here. It's just us talking. Uh, that uh, Dave was in uh, Recon seats. Was that is that something that I heard? That was not coincidence. Mm. I don't know. I just heard from, you know, some people said that. I don't know. I could just be speculating. We're, we're successful. He has this...
0: a good relationship with a lot of people. And Dave's, yeah, he, yeah, he knows Rick. You know, I'm sure they have a friendly, cordial relationship. So, well, yeah, it's they, all good. Yeah,
1: Rick's been on their show, Um. you know, on the, the Red Line Radio. So, yeah, wouldn't I what... mean,
0: the invitation's always open for Rick Hahn to come on to the Locked on Socks podcast
1: always absolutely rick uh, we were we're big fine we're big time rick Hahn fans here but uh, yeah we are 6-7 the score guy so we will just speculate that uh, rick Hahn gave those seats to uh, white Sox Dave. but that's uh, that was a good that was good on him to do so if that's what he did but um our guy brian billick who we saw at the tailgate as well uh, he says on twitter my guess is the white Sox pull off one of story slash daniel bard or Javi Baez slash Ryan Tepera by Friday. I'd be really surprised Oof. if they did nothing. Uh, you the, the you would be for the former, and not the latter, in those two Correct. trade scenarios. So you're talking about an infielder and uh, and a right handed arm uh, from the bullpen with the, those two trade scenarios. Okay, go ahead. Well,
0: uh, don't get me wrong. I like Javi Baez. The price to pay ho- for Javi Baez would be exorbitant. I'm good. You think? I- oh my goodness. The Cubs love him. They're gonna re-sign him even if he I'm not sure about that. Goes to another team. I think he's coming back and getting the most money from the Cubs. He's beloved there and they love him. Uh, I don't know if they think that his glove and what he does with the tag and stuff and <laughs> those this. tags though. Oh my god. And, uh, <laughs> somebody today in White in White Sox, Sox Twitter. Twitter. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have it on my shortcuts here yet. I'll put it in post. White Sox, what did they say on White Sox Twitter?
0: Tom Paints said that uh, Chris Bryant should be loved like they love uh, Taggy McSlidy. <laughs> it was Tom Paints, our guy Tom Paints Oh, Taggy McSlidy.
1: Tom Paints is doing a a showcase of his artwork at buffalo wings and rings and i do like to show love to folks because i do enjoy tom paints's work uh, does beautiful beautiful uh, chicago sports uh, artwork paintings and he's going to be at buffalo wings and rings uh this saturday i'll throw out a free plug to because uh, we love buffalo wings and rings he'll be there saturday 1 to three thirty central time buffalo wings and rings is on the south side by the ballpark 34 34 south halstead so if you want to pick up one of these great prints that he has, he's going to have postcards and he's even uh, donating the proceeds from the postcards to the uh, the wait staff and bartenders oh. there. Oh, wow. and, That's yeah, nice. it's a real good dude right there. So as I said before on the show, one day um, when uh, my wife finally respects me enough in the home, I'm going to have Tom Pades come over and do a Sistine Chapel uh, on my ceiling of Juan Uribe uh, making the catch in game four of the World Series. So, uh, <laughs> Sistine Chapel? Who did the other 15? <laughs> oh. Um, but, yeah. So the, <laughs> Some of my sleeper fans fell on that one. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah. So <laughs> that's perfect. I'd like either of those, to be to be honest with you. that Because you're addressing two needs, and I don't care where, where they come from. And I, I had a conversation with some people on White Sox Twitter. Myself about, yeah, man. So uh, these were largely Cub fans, obviously, but like, yeah, so uh, Tim's going to move over to second. Like, yeah, man, he's not doing that. <laughs> so, you know, I know you love Javi and he tags and all that, but remember, he was an elite. Second baseman early on during the Cubs championship window when Addison Russell was at shortstop, like he is a great second baseman, so that like, he it's a perfect fit. Tim's never played second base. I don't want that. It's Tim's team. Javi's only going to be here, as I said, for like you know three months, hopefully plus the parade, and then he'll bounce and go sign elsewhere or come back to the Cubs, whatever it is. I I would obviously you know. I think I'd be more in favor of the the Cubs scenario because I think you'd have to give up less um, to to get those guys. Unless, you know, uh, our guy James Fox said on Twitter today that he has heard that the White Sox are not in a position where they're they're not willing to take on money. They are willing to take on salary uh, uh, during the trade deadline here. So you talk about that story contract. Maybe if the Sox were willing to take on a lion share of that contract. Then that would be more uh, appeasing to the Rockies. So it, it like there's a lot of variables here. But if you're talking about prospect equity, which the Sox don't have, uh, they, the Cubs certainly need pitching, and the Sox certainly have uh, developed pitching uh, throughout the organization. So you're dealing from a, a strength there. I think that is a better fit in terms of a trade partner with the Cubs because you're dealing with the guy in an expiring deal and Baez and uh, a. a you know, Guy in his 30s uh, in uh, Ryan Tapera, so I think that makes sense in, in that regard, and you're still talking about Baez uh, doesn't make a ton of money there, and he's uh, due to be a free agent, so he's just a rental, so I'm cool with either one of those, like you said, but I actually would dig the Baez thing because we know that second base defense is going to be elite. And he's going to be in a position, and I know they're not scoring runs now currently, the Sox, but he'll be in a position where he's not going to be one of the guys. Like, you know, it, it, when Javi Baez is in Wrigley Field, like I think he feels like he has to be one of the dudes. And he doesn't have to be that dude on the south side. And he comes with, with playoff experience, and, you know, he brings fun, energy, and he's a guy that can carry you when he gets hot. I know he's cooled off a bit of late, and he's trying to, to to start to hit the ball the other way because, as Joe Madden said, once he does that, he's Manny Ramirez. I don't think that'll quite ever happen. I think it's too little too late for him to change who he is, his profile as a hitter. But that's a guy that can get hot and a guy that can hit the ball out of the ballpark that you put him at the you know at bottom of your lineup there, uh, I, I like that move a lot. If that's what the Sox uh, choose to pursue, that that's how I feel about the uh, the the Baez thing. You know, as long as you address the need, uh, you know, Cub fans would absolutely hate it, obviously. Um, but I think maybe a change of scenery for for Javi in a in a low pressure situation. Because let's be honest, man, we follow this tub- Cubs team closely. Because you know we work for the score, and also they've been the number one story in town until the the, the White Sox took over this year. But it's been a heavy situation there on the north side for, for these players going through that. You know, with with the success early failures on the back end of the other window, and now just the heaviness of who's going to get traded and when. And you're starting to see a lot of these guys hit a little bit because they're, they're, they're sort of letting go, and they know that, that this thing is over with, so they're starting to, to free themselves a little bit. And I think a, a free and easy Javi Baez is something I would love to see on the south side.
0: I Like I said, I wouldn't mind him on the team. I just think they're going to have – troubles, you know, throwing back players on the opposite side. You're going to have to see these guys for years to come on the north side. And I don't want that to happen. You know, I love Javi. And if he gives us a better chance to win, I think he does. But I think you would pay way too much, and you would probably have to pay that Chicago tax, too. So yeah. uh, I'm not not sure that the Cubs would want to firstly part with him, and secondly, part with him to the White Sox.
1: Yeah, you think maybe he's a guy that they they bring back. Like, you know, We don't know what they're going to do next year. They could just be a, a quick retooling. They load up the farm system and then spend crazy in free agency to get their team back to a respectable level. But you think maybe he's like a figurehead, like, hey, we're going to give Javi Baez – 200 million dollars and he's going to be our face of the franchise going forward because everyone mm-hmm. loves Javi and he's El Mago like you think that that's like a likely scenario maybe that that maybe they could even have just a handshake agreement like hey you're coming back we're going to we're not going to make you move your family you'll just go to the south side and then you we'll you'll we'll sign you back after that and you know maybe that will be part of the uh, risk calculus in terms of what they'll ask for if they already know an agreement is in place for him to return so that'll be interesting uh, to see how that one unfolds there, but uh, as far as the Sox rumor mill, uh, that's about it. Uh, it's it's you know the, it looks like the story thing is, is still being pursued. They they've been talking about that for a month uh, after the Escobar thing sort of fell through. Uh, about a month ago, so uh, we shall see uh, where we wind up. We've got one more show this week and it'll be a little bit of a recap of the the finale in Kansas City and hopefully we'll be talking about a trade man but we'll uh, we'll take a quick time out here and we'll preview tomorrow's show. Next here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Money lines every night, over unders. It's all there for you if you enjoy betting on baseball at Bet Online. They've got all the other sports too. NBA Finals coming to a close. Football futures, golf. I've talked to you about some of the crazy fun prop bets they have going on at Bet Online. Got some new ones here just added. Aside from the alien abduction props, which I always enjoy, they have who will Bill Gates date next? What about Jeff Bezos? Who will marry first, Bezos or Gates? You can place a bet on that. Before the next pitch, head to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the finale it, I'm going to be sweating watching this one, Herb. I know you're 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 a, a sweaty man yourself. Mm-hmm. It's going to be probably heat index well over a hundred something in Kansas City. Uh, I do not envy the folks that have to participate in that one. Uh, but it'll be a one o'clock central start today in Kansas City. But uh, big Los is, is throwing for the Sox. He's eight and four the, with a two two four. And uh, Carlos Hernandez one and one with a five seven two is a right handed pitcher going for kansas city so we will wrap that one up uh you know not immediately after so we, we won't we'll skew more towards what happened or didn't happen with it with a trade deadline approaching on friday's show hopefully there's something to talk about it'll be uh, great yeah i would prefer that so we can do our trade show and then i can go up to lake geneva and we can put it to bed uh but yeah that's uh that's all i got here uh, on this uh thursday edition of locked on white sox we'll uh, we'll talk to you that's all i got this guy's got a six
0: ERA. We shouldn't murder this guy. Yeah. like, But, but we know Eloy's you
1: know. not Eloy's not going to be in the lineup. Yeah. We know that.
0: I mean, look, Gavin Cheat should be having a field yeah, day. True. Yeah, true. He's in for Eloy tomorrow. I'm just, ugh, or later on today, just mad from this one. But
1: Yeah, no voicemails. I went back and checked. No one uh, wanted to talk about that game last night. And, this. I, and I get it. I didn't even really want to. But uh, yeah, yeah,
0: we had a guy who uh, texted us today or texted or emailed us today and said, uh, Glad the White Sox won so I can listen to Locked on Sox. I have that feeling sometimes too when I want to check out my favorite programs, and if the Sox lose, I'm like, ah, no, nah, I'm good. Remember that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to just get more get more information get more jubilation from that victory especially the loy home run last night it was or two nights ago it was just so joyous let's get back to that if, if you I,
1: if you have mlb tv go back and watch the uh rex hudler call of that one um oh, uh, <laughs> yeah rex hudler he, he was impressed but uh yeah i don't think they particularly enjoyed uh eloy uh with his slow jog down to first base matter of fact here it is
0: hopefully that was his one and only good pitch to hit right No, man, he got two.
1: (laughs) And Jimenez is just walking up the line, admiring his blast. And there you go. So, yeah, Rex Hudler, very, 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 you know, appreciative of a a long dong like that. You remember Shades of the Luis Robert uh, home run from last year. Oh, man, that's a blast, brother. Uh, But yeah, that's that's all we got. But remember when we worried about that, where we said, oh, man, people aren't checking out the shows when the Sox lose? And now they're just checking it out all the time no matter what. I think we've we've obviously done more wins than losses, but you know, the listener support either way, and but we got the we got the hot stove simmering, so they're, they're gonna be checking for us. So we appreciate you guys as always. That is Chris Tannehill
0: at Chris Tannehill, and I'm at Echner Wall twenty-three. The show's at Locked on Sox. If you want to leave a voice message, 312-566-8727 or Locked On Sox. At gmail.com. This is Herb. That's Chris. Thank you for listening to Locked on Socks.